Okay, with the filmmaking team of Tween uh, canceled, John Silver, the director, Grant Troyer, who's the writer. Uh, we were just having some fun talking about the Detroit and Detroit sports before I press record. Now we're going to talk about Mark Twain. Uh, when I first watched your film, I, I liked it. I thought it was fantastic because it's like it's a it's got a modern kind of twist. You're going to use Chicago uh, really well. Speaking, you guys are from Detroit or from Michigan, but you really use Chicago. And I thought of the movie Kate and Leopold. I don't know if you guys watched that movie. Uh, basically, I thought about like Hugh Jackman comes back from the past, and and then now you guys got the cancel culture going on. Like, would you be canceled? It's a fantastic little comedy. Who, when did doing this kind of idea pop up? Uh, Grant, you're the writer. Uh, John, you're the silver. When did this idea pop up for you, Grant, uh, to write this screenplay? Sure. So, first of all, I'm glad that you liked it. Although it would be an interesting podcast if you didn't like it, and I'm kind of curious to see how that would shake out. Um. <laughs> No, I had read a biography of Mark Twain uh, that that first May of COVID, and like that. Um, do I still have it? No, I don't still have it. But I mean, it was the size of a phone book, and that shows you what COVID was like for me. I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm reading now. And uh, you know, I, I just I keep a journal of just like random ideas and just kind of like log lines here and there, and I just added that to it. And then, you know, a few months later, I was. I was like, oh, let me crank out a first draft, cranked out a first draft, kind of sat on it for a little bit. Um, Kate and Leopold was part of it. Also, Midnight in Paris was a big one for me. Uh, and yeah, in terms of uh, in terms of inspiration and, and you know, we're at a point now where we're trying to write for the budget that we have and stuff like that. And I was like, well, I don't want to make a period piece about Mark Twain because, you know, I don't have a riverboat. So what if he landed in modern day Chicago? And, you know, the, the, the first draft was um, the bones of, of, of what you saw there, but it was really when, when I met John that we, that we shaped it into uh, into what it was. So I met John in March of uh, 22, about a year and a half later, after it just kind of sat there, the script just sat there and John had some fantastic ideas and we fleshed out the parts that we liked and, we were on our way. So really just started just reading a biography. I'm a fellow ginger, strawberry blonde. So I, you know, I, I like Mark Twain, obviously he's a redhead. So that's how it started. I was going to point out that you, you like my son. My son's a ginger as well. So he's four. There you go. Yeah. Good, you good protect him. We're, we're, we're going, I'm sure he's a handsome boy. We're going extinct. You got to protect them. So, John, when, how did you got John? How did you guys meet Grant? So, I, I figured you guys, the way you guys talk, I thought you guys knew each other for a long time, both from from uh, the Michigan area. But where, how did you guys meet? So, Jake Prine introduced us. He's a producer for the film and for Colonel Productions. I met uh, Jake a few years ago. He had seen one of my short films and approached me, and we chatted a little bit um, early in the pandemic. And then I think when Colonel decided to get started with this uh, Twain Canceled, Jake had seen, I think, one of my other films, which is sort of a 19th century comedy. So he thought that maybe this would be uh, a great match. And um, that's uh, Jake, I think, is the one who introduced us. Right, Grant? Uh, that's correct. Yeah, we were we were looking for comedy directors and and not just talented ones, but people that we jibe with on a, on a, you know, we, we don't, we don't want to work with jerks. 
and uh, <laughs> you know John's a good guy, and and he's got the the comedy chops, and the his Civil War hoax movie, the nineteenth century comedy, is just absolutely hilarious. So it was uh, it was a perfect fit. But yeah, it was uh, it was Jake, our producer, who's not on this call that introduced us. So you guys like obviously it's a it's an independent film. You didn't have much money, but you had some money. How did the like kind of like the money come together to to make this uh, this feature film? I know it's not the easiest thing. No, I mean, we kind of scraped it together from various places, saved, uh, pinched some pennies, uh, a couple people, but uh, you know, helping out, supporting the cause. Um, really, just the the old the old fashioned way, just bag bar of steel and put it all together. So the opening uh, sequence, you show a lot of Chicago. Did you guys? shoot that your footage yourself or did you find it somewhere else i'm just curious because it's some nice uh shots to open up to open up the film yeah a good friend of mine is a talented drone operator and i thought that uh the film sort of needed to be rooted a little bit uh in chicago and so we sort of thought this would be a good way to settle into the film rather than uh jumping right into the bar scene and uh, I think that Grant and I both agree that, you know, the film is uh, really makes sense in Chicago where, you know, there's a big river culture and there's a lot of um, sort of like thematic overlap for some of the Mark Twain stuff. Gotcha. And then so the big question is that uh, obviously uh, Mike it was a Jimerson played Mark Twain. Yeah. Key to the obviously everybody else is key, but key to the film where like if he doesn't work, because it's a tough role because he's like it's it's a modern version of this this character that exists in in, in pop culture and in in life obviously, and we it's been many introversions of 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 that character. I'm curious about the casting process uh, of finding him because obviously like if, if his role doesn't work, the film doesn't work. Well, I've worked with Mike uh, on almost every project I've ever done. Oh, really? He's in, yeah, he's immensely talented. And uh, we had a little bit of a rigorous audition process. I think we did uh, a few rounds. Um, and uh, we auditioned some really talented people. And uh, I just felt that Mike was a really strong candidate. And he spent a lot of time in the sort of southern midwest near where mark twain uh grew up um like parts of missouri and um arkansas up and down the mississippi so i thought mike was was perfect for it and i think everyone agrees he nailed it <laughs> yeah and, and and so uh grant why like the, there's a parallel to kind of modern kind of modern storytelling and kind of like getting your voice out with with uh stand-up comedy is that sort of the why you kind of chose to, to kind of have like the, the 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 plot driven around stand-up comedy? Well, so I didn't realize what a fantastic uh, you know orator Mark Twain was, and how much he enjoyed being on stage and giving lectures and giving speeches and stuff like that. And I wanted him to. I I've never done stand-up comedy. I I. I literally i've never even done an open mic but i like the idea of him of him coming with his coming landing here and 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 mark twain in parts of the country is uh, it befuddles me but it, it is kind of polarizing and there are pockets um 
of the country where he he does in fact get canceled and his books end up on banned lists. And so I was like, well, how can he? What would get him canceled and or what would get him ostracized in modern day Chicago and stand up comedy just seemed like a good fit. Part of that is reverse engineering around the budget and what we have access to. I mean, all you need is a stage and a curtain. You don't need a lecture hall or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Stacked with people. Um, so stand-up comedy seemed to be a good fit. And there's all sorts of comedy clubs around here. And we have access. You know, We have a thriving stand-up comedy scene. Um, so it just made sense on, on all those levels. Um, it, it fit the story. It fit the city. It fit what we had access to. So it, in my opinion, it was just it was just kind of home run, kind of a home run as long as we had the team that could convey it, and that's yeah. uh, that's that's what John did. Okay, so the elephant in the room is that is that uh, some feminist thinks he's sexist, and some people think he's racist. So, <laughs> and but basically, remember that it's 1885 or the 18 whatever 80s or whatever he's writing yeah. this book. So it's the context of of the world that he's living in that is basically he's writing so it's like i i I do have some major issues i don't know i'm sure you guys too about cancel culture but yeah his book is uh huck finn uh has been has been banned in a lot of schools because Mm -hmm. of the uh, the racial obviously the racial language in the the film i'm sorry in the book so what do you guys feel about because obviously making this film kind of brings that up uh what are you guys what are you guys feelings on that well, I mean, a lot of his points of view are taken directly from words that he spoke about, you know, how he doesn't necessarily he doesn't judge people based on on who they are or what they are, but but what their actions are and and you know all he cares is that a person is a person, and then beyond that, it's kind of up to them the way that that we see them based on on the actions that they take. So. I mean, cancel culture is a very relevant topic in today's world. And, you know, I I wonder what stuff we're doing right now that's acceptable that 150 years now, if you landed in that world, you would be shunned by by the community. So, you know, I'm not taking a stance one way or the other, just kind of putting it out there that, hey, this guy lands and this is what happens to him. So, so yeah, Uh, John, you want to add to that? I think I agree with everything Grant was saying. I think history is supposed to be analyzed, not necessarily intentionally repeated. So it's sort of, to me, like hanging out with a grandparent. You know, they say some stuff you agree with, say some stuff you don't agree with, but you can still respect them. And uh, it's something that's a little bit of an issue just because we sort of need to, especially in comedy, take risks. And so I think that what Mark Twain did was actually like fairly uh, modern and uh, progressive. And I think uh, I feel bad for people who aren't allowed to read Huck Finn because if they read it with an open mind and not emulate every bit of the language, there's still a lot of uh, themes and other content in there that is still relevant. Yeah, 100%. That's the thing. It's like, we were just we, you, before the podcast. We were talking about like '80s basketball, '90s, and like so. I'm 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 in my 40s, and I changed. The world changed in our in our era so drastically, and I can't. If someone looked at me as a teenager, I don't think I'd be talking to you guys right now. And so basically, that's what scares me is that because we all make mistakes, right? We all like we all learn, we all evolve, we all like uh, 
where like I remember like uh, reading about uh, James Gunn who did the Guardians of the Galaxy and he like talked about like I he almost got canceled making the third movie and he's like listen I'm a different person now I've evolved I that that's what that's what life's about and you like to think that someone on the intellectual language uh, capacity that Mark Twain's at he would have evolved with the times and he would have learned with the times. You know what I mean? He was writing it. Like I said, he was writing in the context of that. That's sort of my, my take and my issue with it. So. Completely agree. Yeah. So that's why the the film is so interesting. Cause it's like, it obviously people in people, certain generations or the younger generation, I should say, wants to like, they see your name on Mark Twain. Why are they making a movie like that? Because they, they want to, they just want to like be on that. They want to be contrary. They want to just be, do it for for do it sakes i guess in a sense so gutsy film even though even though it's very funny thank you yeah i think yeah that's just part of comedy that's what sort of attracted me to it right is there's a lot of comedians stand-up comedians i love today who get in huge trouble for what they say yeah but i think that's part of comedy is like pushing the boundaries of what's acceptable to say so tell me about the the film bring. You got your lead actor. Where did you find the other cast? That uh, the the other kind of performers, the other two leads. Great question. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, John, we was just kind of <laughs> the old fashioned way, just kind um, of pounding the pavement with casting calls and yeah. avenues, things like that. Talking to some uh, talent agents in Chicago, uh, held some auditions, had people record self tapes. Um, still during covid to send them in so uh friends of friends a lot of people i'd worked with uh before recommending other people or are filling in some of the small supporting roles too and it was all kind of all a kind of uh chicago cast yeah i think it's 100 percent chicago cast and 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 the vast majority if not all of the crew i think our banjo player was out of town but well, he uh, he spent a lot of time in Chicago. That's where I met him. Yeah, so just a few people yeah. moved away during pandemic. And so, for uh, especially independent feature like that, your your cinematographer is extremely important because you're working with them. Uh, did you work with your cinematographer in the past? Is like what's your relationship with him or her? Uh, yeah. So Sean Kelly, I've worked with him uh, a handful of times, and we just really got along well. He's one of the most uh, positive attitude cinematographers i've ever met so i just thought that he'd be a really good fit for this and how long was dummy days was a shoot uh 14 or 15 including some pickup days that's it you guys shot it in like three weeks mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i mean matthew i, I met john in mid-march and we wrapped, I think, on July 12th. And that just speaks to – we took a first, a first draft. So, I mean, that just speaks to the level of, of preparation that, that John put forth and that, that the entire team put into it. Um, it was a uh, well-oiled machine by the time we started rolling. And so, like, so were you guys both part of the the the, um, the editing process then, like, in, in terms of kind of putting the, the tone and putting the film together? I'm sure it's not an easy task, kind of like feature films are behemoths, and then obviously this is a this is supposed to be well, this is a comedy, so it's like it's making sure all the notes are there and all the all the beats are there in the in the in the, in the editing room. How's that process? 
we had a great editor, uh, Ivan Diaz, who I've worked with before. I think he's really talented and, and knows just a ton about pace, especially in comedy. Uh, so I recommended him and um, he did, um, I think, just such a great uh, job of of working with uh, with what we had. And uh, we spent a lot of time going back and forth to get everything just right. And thankfully, I think that we had so many good ingredients of a lot of what we we're discussing of is what's what's funnier this way or that way. Gotcha. And then so in terms of like uh, uh, putting a nice sound design together too, how was that process? Because it's obviously independent film. You want to make sure everything kind of is cohesive and works. It's kind of the key to your film in many ways. You're a lot of like, like exterior locations. You're inside of a stand-up comedian place. Got some interesting sounds. Yeah. Uh, Tim Joyce uh, did some original banjo and piano compositions. Uh, John Chikora did uh, some guitar compositions uh jake hellman uh did most of the uh post sound but also we had some other great people like uh max fabian who helped out with some post sound i mean i think it's arduous and sometimes it doesn't get the credit for little yeah. things here and there you know like some foley things like that and adr but i think everybody did a really great job and and put in some really hard work because they were excited about the project no, I, I noticed that. Like I said, it's a, the second viewing I saw that. Yeah, it's a really nice sound design for this for for uh, for this film. So it's like a nice nice production, and it's like the tone wise, it like it doesn't it doesn't lag at all. It's like it's it's a pretty nice pace to it, and like uh, and it's got a good thematic to it too, right? Even though even though we're laughing and we're but it's got a story. It uh, it's got heart. It doesn't. It's not just for laughs. It's got it's got a it's got some depth to it. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm sure Grant, that was that that's that was your intention when you wrote the script, I'm assuming. Yeah, I, I mean we didn't just want it we wanted it to be crass and unapologetic, but we wanted there to, to be a little bit of heart in it as as well. And um the relationship that relationships that Twain forges with Charlie and Anson really drive that aspect of it. And what did we send the audience to you and the audience feedback? What did you guys have? To, what did you guys think? What the audience had to say about your film from our festival? Uh, I love that you guys do that. First of all, that's really cool. Um, and and we're we're just glad, you know making a movie is hard. Making a, mo a movie during COVID is hard. And yeah, um, <laughs> you know, and I, I'm if you set out to make a certain type of movie and the audience doesn't get or see that type of movie then you, know, you got a little bit of a problem so i'm glad that the message that we wanted to convey and and what our intention was came across clearly and um you guys have a, a very uh intelligent group of uh, audience members that you submit to i i will say that matthew <laughs> well we gotta it's we, we we're scaling down right so i appreciate that so it's <laughs> the best of the best so yeah I'm sure, yeah people like be hearing that they're they're intelligent for sure so mm -hmm. <laughs> okay so you what are you guys up to next so you guys got this feature film on your belt i'm, I'm assuming you want to get it sold as a distributor uh it's you got uh, i'm john this is your first feature no this is actually my third oh my um, god you're like a yeah. season pro already i mean when you just sort of uh are busting out movies every couple of years because you're 
driven to do it. It doesn't feel like seasoning. It just feels like practice. But it's uh, it's been an amazing um, handful of years that I've been able to um, get these done sort of boom, boom, boom. Uh, but uh, I think that we're hitting the festivals and working on lots of uh, opportunities for distribution, right? You think you guys? Yeah, we've got. We, oh, sorry. Go, go ahead, man. Oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. You got what? I was just going to second what he was saying. We've got uh, festival routes and circuits right now, and then we've got distribution talks that should be settled between now and I would say mid October, so two months. You guys, I was going to ask, do you guys think you're going to work together again? Uh, we already are. I just sent him the yeah, paperwork. Yeah, we know morning. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. So um, yeah, John, John, John's got a, a feature that he has written and directed. That's just fantastic that he's getting off the ground right now with an anticipate. Well, I don't want to overstep my bounds. John, I'll let you. No, yeah, I mean, you're, you're spot on. There's a, uh, another uh, feature that I uh, wrote that we're hoping to start um, actually later this year, but uh, Grant wrote and produced a whole nother feature that's in the can. Oh, wow. So you guys are getting you guys are getting uh, asked like uh, shit done I guess like it's uh, it's it's impressive I talked to a lot of filmmakers and and uh, you guys seem to be like just yeah that's that's amazing and it's like in and some of them are going to grab and uh, some of them are going to do very well for yourselves and you guys are on your way I'm assuming or guys maybe you're already there but I'm assuming you just you're just you're just climbing up the up the up the path of uh, of the, of this industry. Well, our big ethos, unspoken, unwritten, whatever, is that we don't want to talk about making movies. We just want to make movies. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's yeah. a, I used to hear that in film school all the time. But then, you know what? Everybody was talking about movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the big yeah. thing. We're not, we don't talk about it. We, yeah, but you guys seem to be talking the talk, though. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I mean, I, I, go ahead, John. I was just going to agree that Grant and I come from it from a very similar perspective is something I think we really respect about each other is mm-hmm. we've got maybe a little bit of a business mentality about it. Is we have to get stuff done and we have to take it seriously and we have to act professionally. A lot of filmmakers make one or two shorts and then they just want to rest on their laurels. Mm-hmm. We, I think between us have made maybe seven features. Mm-hmm. So we're, we, we want to do it. We want to make movies. I think people get scared. And because uh, they don't have the unknown, they don't know certain things, they get scared and that kind of like makes them, as you say, rest on their laurels. And you guys seem to kind of drive through your insecurities. I'm speaking for you, but it seems to be my impression that you guys kind of like, like drive through. And then the more you do, the less like scared you get, the less insecure you are, the less kind of like, the less, the more, you know, I guess. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, we uh, very well said. All right, guys. Thank you so much for your time. Let's talk again when you uh, when uh, the what either all the films you're, you're doing are, are made. I love to see what you guys do next, and I love to keep in touch. And I wish you guys the ultimate success. I love to see. I love the city of Chicago. Uh, we've done a few festivals there, and uh, and it's it's uh, and I, I like to see that kind of city kind of rise because I think Atlanta is trying to take over for you guys, but you guys got to fight off Atlanta and still be the big city. So. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> jockeying for position back and forth. They they have a they have a nice uh they have a nicer climate, but um 
Yeah. I, I'm I'm confident that with the with the group of people that we have here, just collectively in the city, that uh, we'll give them a good run. All right, guys, let's talk soon. Then I appreciate your time, John. Thank you so much. Yeah. A great film. Sure. Thank you. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Schlemiel, Schlemizel, Hasenbemp, and Cork.